It's Leafs Talk, the Sportsnet Podcast Network. I just heard myself. That was weird. It sounded bad. <laughs> but then that what you away, guys hear? I know. Is that what you guys hear? Is that what I sound like? That's not good. Like, I had to do this for a living. That's terrible. <laughs> That's uh, honestly, God, man. Your own voice. I am just uh, welcoming some hate from the comments with this one, but when I do hear my own voice, not the one that's in my head, I question how I could possibly do this for a living and how anyone could tolerate this. <laughs> I don't you know, understand. There was a time all. where I would have had a chance where you had to sound like Dan Schulman and be like, Newsy. Yep. Wait, the are we Dan okay? Schulman time. Yeah, I think we're okay. Okay. I don't. Sorry, I, I, st- I, I David just gave me the thumbs up. Okay, then yes, there was a time where you had to sound cool and awesome, and now you can sound like me and still be employed. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it does sound a little glitchy, but I think we're okay. I think we're going to power through it. So, Leafs lose in a game where, honestly, dude, they they were great tonight. I really wanted to – I had a tweet in the drafts about how they kicked the Islanders' ass in their own game, but without TJ Brody and with their third stringer in that versus an all-star, and turns out the third stringer – mattered and he mattered at the worst moment he tried to do this is the thing eric shalgren he was actually having a fine night he was making the saves that he needed to make there was no bad moment and then for some ungodknown reason he just decides to go out and play a puck doesn't get back in his net in time to get set properly gets burned the leafs are in overtime and there this continues to be the mystery of the season to me. Why the Toronto Maple Leafs can't be better at three on three overtimes. Like why no. they just look completely discombobulated and unable to play in them when their team seems like if you draft one team to be good at them, it would be them. Even still, I'm a little frustrated with this one because that just, that was, that was a point. That was a, the first time this season where they truly did lose on a goalie point. Yeah, no. And then what's so funny today is uh, if you read, anything on the Leafs coming out of the weekend it was like well actually you know the everyone loves the well actually takes the goalies have been good the goalies are ninth the goalies are third at five on five the goalies said it on our show the Leafs have had surprisingly good goaltending and they didn't get terrible goaltending tonight but they just needed okay goaltending you know they got that one goal against they didn't need that takes you to OT and costs you a point and that's just that's the way it's going to be when you know one of their starters is hurt the other guy you know, is half healthy at best. So that's part of the lead, the deal that the devil, the Leafs have made this year. And you can see it cost them one tonight. Honestly, they, it kind of does feel like, I mean, everyone in the NHL is 500. So maybe they didn't really get away with the injuries to their goaltenders, but they kind of have been able to escape it without any type of disaster. Shalgren's had really two bad goals that have hurt them. Right. Yeah. He had the one, I think it was against the Penguins. Maybe I'm wrong, but I all these games are starting to blur together a little bit for me. But he had one that was horrific. That was on a turnover. I want to say Malgin. That, it was the Penguins, now that you mention that. Yeah, yeah. it was a turnover by Malgin and just leaky goal that goes through his side. And you go, come on, man. That's just one you got to have. I... I saw some tweets kicking around from people going, are we sure Shalgren's bad during that game? And that to me was a moment where I went, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I'm, pretty, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> Mike, thanks for the stats. I like the stats. You know, I, I got to tell you. So if we're done on Shalgren, can I turn the page? 
Yeah, I actually have a like almost all positives other than the overtime thing. So do you want to do overtime first and kind of lump it all in one thing together or you wanna well, I want to give you one overview take first? Because I did go to tonight's game for the first two periods. Yes. I came up with the second intermission. And I'm just reminded, just being there at the game and you know, Kipper's buddy took us, so we're like seven rows up, you know, behind mm -hmm. the net, good seats. And just you were remind reminded that Kiprios was rich? You <laughs> reminded that Kipper's yeah. connected, yeah. No, reminded that it's hockey and it's fast and the puck bounces and rolls and spins and just how incredible it is to see it, you know, and just be reminded. You watch it on TV and it, we see the patterns and the trends and the, all the typical things that players do. But it's like what Mitch Marner does in small spaces to maintain the puck and keep possessions going. Like first eight minutes tonight or something where the Leafs were up seven nothing in shots and controlled the play and he just circled around and had it. It's unbelievable. It is an yeah. unbelievable skill that he has that so few people on earth do. And you know, I feel that way about a lot of the guys. And then watching Pierre Engvall be six five and that big and that fast and that ineffective. I know people think he played well tonight. I know. He's so frustrating. Like if he would just have an ounce of just grr. Just go, just act. You're an athlete. Like he just has no, he just exists on the ice and he drove me crazy. That was just my being in person takeaways. Um, My takeaways from that is you're right. The first, I don't think the Islanders got a shot until from the 13 minute mark. The Leafs get did a great job. Exactly. They were not in that hockey game. I thought Mitch Marner was brilliant tonight. He was truly yeah. one of the stories of the game. But also, you having watched the game with Kipper, I'm not really surprised that your take coming <laughs> home was, who's this guy's not physical enough? And Mitch Marner's amazing. Like, tell me you watched the game with Nick Kiprios without telling me you watched the game with, with Nick. Nick I didn't sit with Nick in the, in the first anyway. In the second period, I sat yeah. with him, not in the first. All right. Was he texting you? Like, <laughs> you gotta know. No, it's great. Honestly, if uh, before we finish, just even just going back into this game, um, it's weird because this is the doing the show has prevented me from going to more games, which I like yeah. to go to games and it's weird, not going and not having the little touch. And I know that one of my first nights off of the show is going to have to just be going to a Leafs game, which is kind of a toxic thing, but also something I need to be doing. Yeah, we'll make that happen. We'll uh, we'll lean on Kipper and Sam can do the show by himself one night. Yeah, I, I agree. More Sam by himself shows like that show where my video just dropped and he had to kill like five minutes by himself. Poor guy. Uh, Came back and he goes, hell. he goes, uh, we can cut that from the video we post to YouTube, right? And they're like, You're yeah, sure. And <laughs> I don't think they did. Okay, so last negative before positive. Buddy, can can you tell me why this team can't play three on three hockey? Like this is now becoming a pretty decent accumulation of points missed for yeah. a team that's supposed to be kind of built again to be able to do this. I feel like, you know, the, the thing about this team that we know to be true, the whole playing down to your opponent, but it's like mm -hmm. when they think it's going to be easy, right? It's almost like it's OT it's three on three. So when you get the puck, you get to relax, right? Cause that's how three on three OT looks guys circle and they have it and they get to have possession. The Leafs are like second in the NHL in possession time and 4,000th in the NHL in chances created, maybe a little bit higher than 4,000th, like their 20th Maybe. or something, but they love to just have it. 
And so three on three allows them to just have it and just circle about whatever. And instead of like, get a chance, get to the net, try to create it. Maybe it just doesn't suit the mindset. I'm purely hypothesizing here, but at this point, I think even the coaches would just be throwing things at the wall being like, I don't know. What do you think? I mean, Nylander was genuinely hilarious in overtime. Uh, that yeah, was... Nylander's an amazing hockey player, but OT, yes, that was. Yeah, no, something. yeah. This is not an indictment of Nylander. I can, no. it's, so, it's so funny. Everyone criticized Nylander so harshly for so long that now people are like, if they're going to criticize him at all, they're like, he's great, but he's great. He but... did a bad thing. It's like a <laughs> sandwich at all time. Love Nylander, yeah. love Nylander. He made a mistake. Love the I guy. Know. Because I think that people just automatically get their ears up and go, wait, is someone about to make fun of Nylander? I must defend. And you go, just relax. It can be one moment, one thing. Um, overall, again, thought the team tonight was great. The overtime period was not so great. And you just knew that, hey, Sorokin is likely going to make a save here. And your guy is likely not. That's the way that it played out. And so, That yeah, was the Zegers goal, by the way, was it not? The exact yeah. play. Zegers coming down under pressure, left side, left shot, far glove high. Game over. Game over. So now for the positives. You mentioned it. They came out and they did the start on time thing. They looked awesome. And once again, I I want to – this is more your domain as a guy who was a video coach, but I am so impressed by the way the forwards get back and help clog up the middle of the ice. I think and that's a great turn over their other the, – their opponent – Time and time again, and like if I'm going to continue to hyper-focus on Mitch Marner, how many times did he do it tonight where Mm. Islanders would try to get something going and then all of a sudden Mitch Marner's in somebody's hip pocket and lifting the stick and taking the puck away from them and breaking it out the other way. Matthews did it tonight. Nylander did it tonight. Just every single line had moments where some pest wouldn't let the Islanders go to the middle unless it's kind of like a broken, weird play. And then the Islanders normally would look a little discombobulated in those moments because they hadn't had any feel for it basically the entire game. And yeah, the Leafs just, what an amazing job they're doing right now as a team to lose TJ Brody and to have Eric Schalgren in that and basically dominate a team to the point where like they gave them really no sense of hope until Schalgren created one for them. This is one of the most impressed I've been with the Leafs all year. Maybe the most impressed I've been with all season. Best game of the year for sure. Yeah. Like I, I um, even like I get the some numbers from Sport Logic after the game in terms of like expected goals for them versus the opponent. They were through the roof. Like they, they mm-hmm. deserve two points tonight. Whatever the deserve to win o meter was, they they certainly had it. But they big time them, deserve a win o meter. Yeah, you know, watching them in the offensive zone, the way they cycle back to F three, as in like. You know, they're getting on the puck in the forecheck and in the pile, but whoever's not the guy around it was just so diligent at getting back above. Like they always had three guys above the Islanders. So anytime the Islanders were in a breakout, it never felt like they had any speed going at the Leafs D, which is good because the Leafs D are not, you know, they're hurt. They don't have, obviously, Muzzin's gone and Brody wasn't in. Riley was missed, missing for a portion of the game. Um, that's a bit of a storyline to watch here with them. But yeah, you're right. It is, you know, Keefe has been praising their defensive play, and I think justifiably so. They don't look as exciting as they have in past years, rush-wise. But they look like a hockey team that could play playoff hockey. You know, we're looking for what's different. It's like, I could see how that could be more effective, that style. I told McKee that I was really going to try and avoid on the show doing massive, wide-sweeping, big-picture takes. But it is genuinely how I feel, man. I've told you 
The league to me feels really watered down this season and having a group that's got a lot of, you know, consistency within the group that's been with this coach for a while that has played in a bunch of tough series and had a bunch of tough breaks. I, I do think that the thing that has been probably the most underappreciated element of, you know, can Sheldon Keefe coach, can he not, is that there really does seem to be buy-in from the group defensively. And yeah. Yeah, we can quibble with the five-on-five five scoring, and I will. And I, I've been sitting on this for a while, and I talked a little bit about you and uh, Real Kipper and Bourne when I hosted on Friday, how you know they're one of the teams that's played the most minutes five-on-five five and the worst five-on-five five scoring teams. But I still feel like they, night in, night out, since the slump, have been the better team. And all of a sudden, it really does set up a pretty interesting game against New Jersey because that's the only time other than Vegas, the only time a team in their conference Looked has thumped them. Yeah, yeah, has looked better and thumped them and deserved to win against the Leafs. So just, I'm really excited for this game Thursday, the way that they're playing. Speaking of the blue line, um, shout out to Timothy Lilligren because he did the thing tonight that they don't get enough of. The Islanders have 16 goals this season from their blue liners, and mm-hmm. they get one where they clap it early off of, you know, David Camp, and it's an ugly goal, and it goes in the back of the net, and you go, God, that sucks. But nobody on the Leafs does that. And Morgan Riley doesn't score goals, and we've been pretty frustrated this season with his, like, indecision when it comes to making plays towards the net. Giordano does it. Like, Giordano does it at times. He'll filter through a wrist shot, but there's no, like, heavy shot from the blue line other than Lilligren. And guess what? He steps in in one tonight. It's a shot pass. Matthews, who can't score five on five to save his life, gets a tip, gets an ugly one. Just Mm -hmm. thought it was a really nice moment for the Leafs. I actually, so I, I totally agree with that. It's nice to have someone who feels like that's a part of their game. They might shoot it. You know, Hall at best might try to sift one through. Same with, you know, I agree. I do like that. I also wonder if like, this could be a, a jump start, a little bit of a kickboard for Matthews, who actually tipped in a lot of pucks last year. You know, you don't get to 60 by just shooting it through guys off the rush. He made a lot of deflections and found ways to get a lot of different kind of goals. I know he has a tip earlier in the season, but, you know, I would say the the most common conversation I have off air with Leafs people is like, what's up with Matthews? You know, guys on pace for 40 goals and whatever, but I think there is some sort of consensus that he doesn't quite look as dynamic. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe that's just a pure perception thing, but no, I feel man, like it's he, real. I, it's just, it's people real. are afraid to criticize him because he's Austin Matthews. Yeah. You don't want to have and an all star and criticize him. It's, it looks well, it's, it's not even that. It's that if you have half a brain, the thing you know about a regular season, if you've been doing this for a, a while, is that regression works both ways. <laughs> like yeah. there's regression to the mean both ways. He's so if you get too hot in a minute or better, bingo. if you get too hot with a Matthews take, you're going to look like an ass because he's going to have a stretch. Like he'll have what a February where it's just is Austin Matthews, the best goal scorer of his, gen- you know, it's, we're going to have and one of those again. 12 goal deficit, uh, deficit and win the rocket. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So and it, and that's what, that's all it is. Yeah, for sure. I, so I, again, it, I wonder if something like this can't be for him when he needed a bit of a freebie, nice little tip, you know, uh, mm-hmm. get things rolling a little bit for him. Cause he, he does need a little kick in the pants right now. Yeah, he does. And guess what? You're right. He's not scoring all of his goals last season by just ripping them. Those yeah. are the ones that we remember the most. Um, it was just good that five on five, he did the, he kind of stole a page from Michael Bunting's book, which is, Hey man, just go to the net. And, and like I said, it was nice to see a guy who wasn't afraid to put it on net in Lilligren, who just seemed to hesitate. Like some of their other blue liners who uh, will do the same. Um, his counterpart, 
Yeah, see, Be we're ready. going there. Oh, hell yeah. Um, I tweeted this already that I said, good for Sandine, but that's one of the funniest things I've ever seen. We got we to gotta roll this clip as we're talking about it, David. Uh, David Sis, who, by the way, revealed to me tonight that he's a Montreal Canadiens fan, which... <laughs> that was a tough bounce. Yeah, it was. He just he he just puts on a toque in front of me. Okay, so this is why I think this is so funny. If we could just even start it again, it's not that he gets his ass kicked because, like, yeah, he knew that going into the fight. It's I just thought how funny it must have been in his brain seeing Matthews get the knee on knee and knowing he was the closest guy to the action. Come on, yeah, and just going. He has a little moment where he kind of freezes, looking at the play. Like if you watch it happen, and then you see him come into frame and you see like what his face looks like as he realizes what is that. See, look at him here. This is the here perfect he shot. He doesn't even really, and he goes to him right away, but he doesn't want to take his gloves off. And then he kind of just like paws at him like a younger brother would like, please don't hit me in the face. Do you know how big uh, uh, Oliver Wallstrom is? Oliver Wallstrom's six two two ten. He's punching downhill at Rasmus. Yeah. Uh, hard. And then he kind of like, judo flips ronda rousey style rasmus on his head and he just kind of goes and plunks it he like he eats some ice on that play anyway again kudos to rasmus sandine for sticking up for his teammate um i do kind of wonder if when it's that big of a mismatch if somebody like matthews looks at it and goes hey man like you you don't need to do that (laughs) You (laughs) you don't need to do that one maybe not you but yeah good for sandine but also Look at his face. It's just oh, was that the ice or was that fist? Is that at the end or did he? I get... think that's both, Justin. <laughs> I think that's the fists <laughs> and the ice combining for a very red faced Rasmus Sandin. Anyways, it's gonna look uh, awesome. He got the stick up for Matthews. You know, two uh, yeah. good kids. He's okay. He'll probably do. They give out that championship belt in oh, yeah. losses. No. Yeah. Too I'm bad sure because. Nice. They should. Yeah, maybe give him one. Even there, it feels like the ref is like holding him up, going, "Are you okay, son?" Like, you know, the worst part though is like they did get face to face at the end, and I hope Sandine wasn't like, "Yeah, don't do that to Matthews." Like, you don't get to talk. I can assure you, he did not. I can assure you that that was the referee and Wallstrom going, "Hey." We good? (laughs) Go back to your corner. (laughs) Can you skate to the box on your own power? Or are you going to need some assistance or one of those things Uh, where they teach you how to skate those little pusher things that he's going to possibly need getting to the box. Uh, That was, that was a tough one for Sandine. Um, What else stuck out to you in this? You know, I, I think I may have to walk back some Mulgan takes at some point. Like I was really, not that he was like unbelievable tonight, but I think he's really shown that when he doesn't score, he can still be a part of that fourth line defensively. Like he's responsible. And, you know, that's something, you know, initially I was like, okay, what does this guy do if he doesn't, if he doesn't score? Cause he's, you know, this one dimensional guy. I don't think he's as one dimensional as I thought he was. I, I think he'd be able to get on the right side of the puck pretty often. And like here on that exact play we just showed, uh, Ashton Reese and camp both pull out right away. And Mulligan is like, no, one's going to pressure the puck. Okay. I'll go pressure the puck. And so it looks like he's caught in an awkward spot, but what it is to me is he is, he's a compliment to that line. Cause everyone can't pull out every time. 
be something mm. different that like allows Aston Reese and camp to do more offensively. You know, they at least have someone to chase the puck and flush it out. I don't know. I just, I liked them. I like them. Welcome to the club, the Mal gang, uh, <laughs> as I will now call them. Uh, yeah. For sick. <laughs> um, he, he has a couple of tough moments just about every game. And yeah, much like the turnover that I referenced on the other bad Shalgren goal against Pittsburgh, there are those times where it feels like he's trying to do just a little bit too much, yeah. but it's hard because I think that's just the risk reward you get with a player like that, which is, Hey, um, once in a while, that's going to bite you in the ass. But I think overall the Malgan experiment has been a very good one. And it, like, the Nick Robertson conversation continues to be a thing. I know Keith doesn't want to talk about it. I personally don't even want to spend that much time on it right now because I think that we've kind of drilled our take home, which is, hey, play the kid. Good on Homer tonight, uh, you know, drawing a penalty, I guess. Uh, that was his most notable play of the night. I thought mm-hmm. the third line actually did have some good moments like ball and, uh, yeah, Pontus and, like, they were fine tonight. They Everybody was good. Like, it's hard to pick out a leaf tonight and say, this guy played poorly. Um, but still no scoring down the lineup and it just like somebody get one, you know, like just feels like when they don't score on the power the goal before, but he threw a couple muffins at the net tonight that were just so non-threatening. Well, his miss is what broke out the play that ends up in the back of the Leafs net on the the second or the game time goal. Um, last thing for me anyway, in this game is, uh, my like Leaf fan came out a little bit tonight when Tavares scored against the Islanders on the power play. Yeah. I just went, yes. I like yeah. knowing that people on the island are pissed about that still. Someone but yelled pajamas thought... in the crowd tonight, Adam, and I was like, eh, really? Pajamas? Yeah. He's a Leafs fan. He lived in Toronto. Okay. It's a very strange thing. Uh, I get hate on a guy who left. Um I hate on Kawhi and he won a championship here. And I say that the biggest regret he should have is leaving Toronto. And I genuinely believe in my heart that he's kind of a loser for going to the Clippers when he had an awesome run it back experience. Like it's just very anti-sports, very anti-basketball. Like if you've ever played pickup, it's called King's Court reason. Like you win till you lose. And Kawhi was the only guy that was like, I won, but. I'm a good. I just wanted rather, rather go play with my friends no, down I the block. Where it's, friends. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. so, so that's warm my, where he lives. <laughs> yeah, it's my controversial-ish Kawhi take. It's yeah. kind of as well because he just like doesn't play basketball anymore. He's always like, I'll play maybe next game. <laughs> it must be yeah. so frustrating. Um, but yeah, I get sports hate. I'm a big sports hate guy. There is a bite to the Tavares thing that is felt a little different to me have you ever seen the video of the islanders fan that's next to the box when he's in it who's just like screaming at him about how he should have told them he was leaving and that they could have got something for him and it just it's really vile anyway do you feel like you're kind of my long island representative as you know long island royalty um do you feel like that's just calming down you think that ever calms down it just yeah I don't know. You know, the, I've tried to make the comparison to Vince Carter before. I know it's not exactly bang on, but like when the guy Vince was leaves, much worse, much yeah, right. Infinity but, worse. But so my comparison then is yep. that Vince is being welcomed back, even though smart sports fans or whatever you want to call them are not to over it or not welcoming him. Back. He's getting applause 
it's, it's Scotiabank Arena, you know, like the organization seems to be welcoming this guy back because of what he did. And that hasn't happened in Long Island yet, on mm-hmm. Long Island, if you will. And it will eventually. But uh, right now, right now, no. Everyone you talk to there is still like, screw that guy. And it kills me. He played nine years there. Mm-hmm. He was the captain. I mean, he was part of like a really big thing. And it just like, he broke their heart and they they won't forgive him. And I know that even people like, you know, my father-in-law before he passed, like, they were like, no, he, he they should boo him, you know? He left here and left the organization in the worst spot. See, but I respect booing. Booing is fine. Like I said, there's just an added touch of viciousness to Tavares. Maybe I'm being soft. Maybe I am. Maybe that's just Long Island where they're tougher fans than what I'm used to here in Toronto, (laughs) where it's a lot of coddling and people being mad at the media for saying anything or fans uh, for saying anything in person. But yeah, uh, I do think that the Vince Carter thing is he lasted for a very long time. And eventually when you start to get older, you start to get a little bit more sentimental and a little bit more forgiving. And so to me, a lot of those Islanders fans, what I think will happen is when Tavares is in his, you know, 14th, 13th season in the league, mm-hmm. people are start going to start to go, you know, it's time to forgive John because the takes are going to start to dry up and luck or hopefully for him, he gets a propaganda piece on Netflix like Vince Carter got with Raptors fans right before his retirement where everyone went, he didn't even want to leave you guys. Yeah. It was a big misunderstanding. It was yeah. all just a, a bad kerfuffle. And really who you should be blaming is oh, the GM yeah. that went away and never was heard from again. Like that's the, who it's the, all the about. The Players' Tribune is going to be knocking down Tavares' oh, door willing God. to provide a platform. Yeah, except for you'll know it's ghostwritten if it's anything more than I liked hockey and I loved the game and I, I played it to the best of my ability. And then the editor of the trailer screen is like, what do you want me to do with this exactly? I got like, to get, get, get a 2000 words out of this, Johnny. Like you got to give me a little bit more than that. My uncle was a real inspiration to me. Like, okay, that's another tech. Like, I don't know what you want to do. I got it. I'll figure this out. Anyways. Uh, it was nice to see Tavares score, and it's nice to see him stick it to the Islanders, even though they ended up getting that. Um, yep. Anything else for you? Uh, no, I think we've done a, a nice wrap here on that one. Yeah, I think this was a nice wrap as well. Uh, again, subscribe to the podcast, leave five stars on iTunes, follow Born and I on Twitter and Instagram at JD Bunkus, at JT Born. That's at JD Bunkus at JT Born. Oh, our stuff is up there. My, I think mine's the same for Twitter and Instagram. So you can do either of those things. You can get amazing takes, Instagram. information, bets, everything. Anyways, uh, Sammy and I will catch you for the Devils game. Possibly a little tipsy because Canada soccer, it's after. So could be a very good Leafs talk on Wednesday <laughs> night. I'm just saying. It's kind it's of a yeah. Yes, absolutely. All right. We'll see you then. Thanks to David Sis. Thanks to Emily Savard. Uh, We'll see you then.